Hello, everybody. Welcome to Lesson 17, Transforming an Identity. I'm sorry this is later. Guys, I, I'm actually not going to say sorry because I tell you guys to give yourself grace. So I'm going to give myself grace. And I'm literally... This book is crazy because you'll like be reading a lesson from... Let's just say a lesson from two days or three days or four days or a week ago. And you'll... will be like oh wait this was a thought pattern that I had that I should really change or or these things will start coming to you so like once again give yourself grace because honestly genuinely sometimes you'll be going through these books like literally last night I was trying to fall asleep and I was like wait I have a really like the way I've thought about money and the way I've thought about my body is like really not healthy (laughs) and like it's so so literally give yourself grace I'm giving myself grace I had a very crazy week at work I'm going out of town next week just gonna give you guys a FYI I have had, I had a, like a really just like everything that it was kind of like everything that could go wrong went wrong this week with my work. Uh, partially a lot of it's my fault. (laughs) Most of it's my fault. Um, (laughs) but you know what guys, it's okay. Um, I'm, I'm needed this. I need this vacation that's coming. I need to forewarn you guys. Like, please don't judge me. I know that we're in a pandemic, but genuinely, this has been two years in the making. Like, I was supposed to go on a nice trip when I graduated because literally all through college, I never did anything except, like, the first couple of years when I was destroying my life. Um, so then the remaining of college, I never finished. Um, I, I mean, I never went anywhere once I finished. So I, when I graduated, I didn't have money to go on a trip because I was poor. Uh, <laughs> just straight out of college working two jobs. So I was like, okay, I'll go in a, in a couple months. Once I got a couple paychecks from my corporate job, my big girl job, I'll go in a couple months. Well, then y'all know I got in a car accident. And then after the car accident and I healed up from that, then the COVID happened. <laughs> so I went this summer, we went to go visit my grandmother and we, it was, if you guys are following along this podcast, like if you've went back and listened to any of the other ones, my beach trip with my family to the, to the, to the Florida Literally, we had to come back a whole day earlier because one, my brother almost died on the way down to Florida. Then we had to come back because my mommy's boy, my mommy, my mommy, my mommy's boyfriend uh, had a literally four people in his life die. So genuinely, the vacation I went on in August was worse than actual work. So I'm going on a trip for my birthday, for surviving COVID, not getting COVID. Um, uh, I haven't got it yet. Um, thank God, literally, thank God, um, for the accident, for graduating. It's literally such a timely thing, especially with all of this. I'm realizing how much prioritizing yourself and self-care is. Um, so yeah, I just want you guys to know that I know that I haven't been giving my all to this like I did the first week. We're on lesson 17. We're in the thick of it, and I'm sorry. But I do want to give, like, a special shout-out to all the admins and moderators, Sterling, Kara, Anna, Charleston. They're some – hold on. Did I just say everyone? Sterling, Anna, Charleston, Kara. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, okay, okay. Gosh, guys, my brain is hurting. But they are so amazing. They have helped me so much with the Facebook group and keeping everyone. Like, I want to make sure everyone feels welcome and feels, like, good. But I also, like, once again, like, I'm messing up my job. I'm doing the TikTok. Like, I'm trying to do so much stuff that they have helped me so much. And and I've realized, like, through this book that asking for help is something that it's really hard for me. I'm a, I'm a Enneagram 3. I'm a perfectionist. Like, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, 
I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I get so much on my plate because I'm like, well, I'll do it because I know it can be done right if I do it. But I think that if this book has taught us anything, it's that we're all interconnected, that we're all learning from each other. We're all on this journey together. And these women have stepped up in such incredible ways, like such incredible ways in that they're all an extension of me and they're an extension of this group. We're all an extension of each other. So in that group and in what we're doing, like I, I literally owe them like a million dollars for real. Um, so I love them. I love every single one of you, but I just wanted to highlight them this week, especially like they've stepped up in ways that like, I don't even know how to explain. So lesson 17 is about transforming an, an identity and this is a really tough one. I took a whole course um, when I, okay, so fun fact about me, <laughs> when I couldn't go to college that time, I kicked my dad out of the house and I, was, um, I wasn't able to go back to school for a year. I ended up doing this thing at my church called School of Discipleship. And it's basically where they just like teach you about the Bible. It's like, anybody can go if you know anybody can go they literally do it online literally you could go today if you wanted to but the church I was going to at the time they did it and it was a whole course on just transforming your life transforming your identity transforming your mind so it was literally a whole semester long thing so once again do not be overwhelmed if at the end of this lesson you're still hurting or you're like what did I just read people take years on these kinds of journeys but I love this quote Transform does not mean to fix or make go away whatever trauma and scars you may be carrying from childhood. Instead, you slowly develop a new relationship with your difficulty such that it no longer is a controlling factor in your life. Philip Moffitt, and that is from a yoga journal. Okay. Okay, doing this lesson, I'm in the second paragraph and it just brought chills to me. It brought me this story about me and my mom that I want to share because you guys know this book has really the second time around first time around looking through these notes I was in a dark place last year but second time around I really genuinely feel like this is helping my relationships in such a different way and helping me personally in such a different way and it's so crazy and it's just proof literally guys I did do this book one time it just took me a whole year I didn't finish I got to like literally the last lesson so I mean I know every lesson up until then so like doing this for the second time it just proves that literally even if you've done it one time before you can go through it again and it can still be hard and you can still be learning stuff so this book has this time around has really helped me with like my relationship with my mom and she was talking about how she had a, this girl in the book was working with the author about her eating disorder and, and she was talking about how she had a dream about her mom and and uh, it was just a really crazy dream if you have the book you can read it I'm not gonna I'm not giving away all the secrets by the freaking book you know so basically this reminded me of a story I had about my mom and I because, like I said, for a, a long time, our relationship has been really rocky, probably literally since I was a teenager or even a preteen. And I see now as an adult, like hindsight's always twenty twenty. I do think there were some forces in the home keeping us, like, um, wanting us to be against each other. There was a, a people in the home that wanted us to be against each other because... If we were against each other, then 
there is only one per, you know, you know, anyway, I see that now, but our relationship has been rocky. We, when I was a younger though, we were so close and I feel us getting that close again, like that genuine closeness, but I've always in my brain always felt like, Oh, she just wants a perfectionist. Like I'm, I'm never going to live up to these. And once we, we started going to counseling together, I realized like, she wasn't putting that on me. I was putting that on myself. And one day when I was starting, I was heavy in this healing stuff. And it was literally like right after my parents had officially gotten divorced. And I remember having, a, I have really crazy dreams sometimes. They're very, they're few and far between. But when I have them, I be having them. I be having the dreams. So I'm having this dream. I wake up. It was so weird because it was like I woke up. I was laying in bed and I woke up and my mom was in my room and my mom had all this jewelry on and my mom does not wear jewelry. And she had all this like, honestly, like it was kind of gaudy jewelry, like huge. Like I'm like, mom, literally, why are you wearing all this jewelry? And in the dream, she goes, I just met God and he told me he loves you. He loves me so much. And that he loves you so much. And he just wants us to just know how much he loves us. That he just wants us to know that. That's all he wants us to know is how much he loves us. And I was like, what? Why? She was like, I met him. And he gave me all this jewelry. And he just told us how much he loved us. And I woke up that next day. I was like, mom, I had a dream. You died. Like (laughs) I didn't even see the beauty in the dream. But literally a few months after that dream, I swear, guys, swear, mom and my boyfriend, mom, mom and my boyfriend, mom and her boyfriend, like I introduced them. I'll tell that story soon because that's a freaking crazy story how I hooked my mom and her boyfriend up. Y'all just be waiting for that one. But a few months after that dream, she met him and life's never been the same. And it was such a God story how they met that I'm like, wait, when you start these healing things, you you kind of sometimes, I don't know why I just told y'all about that dream, but it was, it just, it, the, I'm saying it to say that sometimes when you start this healing, I think that dreams might start coming to you because this Tanya girl in the book was um, recovering from an eating disorder. So all I'm saying is it's just like, if you get dreams, don't be scared of them. Don't be scared of them because you're awakening feelings and things inside of you that you might not have felt for a long time. You might not have like, you know, thought about some of these childhood traumas until you're an adult. And so just just give yourself some grace, okay? I'm going to keep reading, but I just wanted to tell you guys that story about my mom. Um, I don't know if that was actually even pertinent to the situation. Please know you can always fast forward, okay? Throughout this whole lesson, because I finished the whole lesson and I'm going to go back and, and highlight some of the key things that I saw, but I remember that in my first episode, I haven't really talked about this a lot on the podcast, but in the first episode, I got into my whole story. And a big part of my whole story is that I had an eating disorder, but like low key, just like in the most Tana fashion as possible. I didn't know I had an eating disorder literally until I was 21 or 22 years old. And I found out literally the doctor kind of like was like home girl. Uh, yeah, I was just like gaining so much weight. I had an eating disorder. Like people don't really can like think of it when it comes to an eating disorder. Um, because you, when you think of eating disorders, you think only of bulimia and anorexia, but honestly, I know we don't talk about this a lot, but like gluttony and like overeating and binge eating is very much a disease too. So I had binge eating disorder. Essentially, I remember like through count, like I, I broke it off, like through the doctors and through, um, counseling, but there are still days where I find myself doing it now, but it's just like, 
as a child, I realized now after counseling and like the whole everything that I had no form of control in my life. Um, everything felt out of control, the whole moving when I was so young and everything, like I had literally no control over my life. So as kids, really the only thing you can control is your food, um, your, that's why some kids kind of like, okay, this is just like an example. Some kids like pee their pants, even though they know they don't have to pee in their pants, just like for a control thing. And so food is a lot of ways that kids and adults and think like feel like they have some form of control because you're making the choices and so I remember literally I would be like a kid and I would be going into the pantry like midnight one o'clock when everyone was asleep as a kid I had blacked this part of my life out I literally had blacked this part out of my life out until I'm sitting there with my therapist and I'm like wait no I've always done this and even like as an when I got older, I was still doing it when things were getting so bad. And it finally got to the point where it was really affecting my general health and I got help for it, but I didn't even know it was a problem. And so I think that a lot of times that we don't know, um, that these unhealthy core wounds or these unhealthy core values are really prompt, like are really, uh, like detrimental to us. I was unaware of it. I was unaware of my unhealthy coping mechanism. Um, So I want to read this because it also like kind of, it's kind of goes back to that whole, you know, go back to who you were as a child and give yourself that grace that you needed as a child. Give yourself a hug because you would not say what you said to yourself back then. You would not as an adult say that to a child now. So why would you say that to yourself? Have a little bit of grace for who you were. Okay. Some of these things too, I love how the author was I love how the author was vulnerable. She said some of these things like eating disorders, like what I just told you about, told you what I just told you about my eating disorder, a positive affirmation was not going to just be enough to help me stop. Getting over my uh, sexual assault, a positive affirmation wasn't going to be enough. So don't feel bad if saying affirmations isn't enough for you. Okay. They're great. I love affirmations. Say all the affirmations you need, but guess what? Sometimes it's not enough. (laughs) we will forever be enslaved as long as we hold these mistaken self-concepts to be shameful truths about who and what we are we can't fix that which was never broken to begin with we actually have to begin to understand these beliefs to be the creative musings of a child under duress although they became the foundation upon which we built our entire identities they were actually just the constructs of a child trying to make sense of a senseless world Isn't that crazy? Like we are so much the way we are because of how we were as children. And we didn't even know. I literally know nothing about the world now. So I really didn't know anything back then. I wrote this on the side. I have no shame about my body. I have no shame in who I am. All parts of me. I have no shame about myself. I have no shame about myself. Because this was when I was. These are notes from back in the first time. And this was when I was really still healing from that assault. And I had a lot of shame in my life. I felt very ashamed. I felt very gross, dirty, unlovable. Literally thought I would never have sex. I wrote on here, I have no shame about sex. Trust me, guys. I love... I don't don't have any, but I love it. Um, I remember it. (laughs) What it was like. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Got off track for a second. But... 
many of us cannot allow ourselves to form loving, happy unions because it is outside of our identity to be truly loved and valued by another. Our whole sense of self may have been formed itself in reaction to a wounding or an event that suggested that we were unlovable, unworthy of love, or simply alone in life. In order to bring love into our lives, these constructs of self must be revealed for being just that, constructs, and not the truth. You are worthy. I I wrote this on the side. I am worthy to be deeply and wholly loved by a man. I am not solely a sex object. I am worthy of a deep and meaningful connection. I believed that for myself when I wrote it, and I believe it for you. You are not only a sex object. You are worthy of a deep and meaningful connection. You are worthy to be deeply and wholly loved by a man. Okay, let's go. To deconstruct these constructs, it's a challenging it's akin to challenging the gods. That's what she said. That's so cute. You know, it's so cute. Just because your stepfather told you over and over again that you'd never amount to anything does not mean that that statement bears any resemblance to the truth. In this shedding, our parents are revealed for the true mortals they are. And that that was a quote from the book. Sorry, I just don't want y'all to think I made that up. No, that is what I was saying last night. I don't know if you guys listened to the last night's podcast, but when you start doing this st- stuff, you kind of realize that your parents are just parents too. The older I get, the more I realize like, oh my God, wait, my parents, like literally we, none of us know anything. And so we're all figuring out together and like they have their own damage. That's how generational curses get perpe- per- perpetuated because they didn't heal themselves. They gave it to you and you're, you're internalizing it. And if you don't fix it for you, it's going to bleed on everyone else. And so I like how it's not going to take, you have to stop, sorry, let me get my thoughts together. You have to stop perpetuating the abuse against yourself. You have to, and it starts one day by day, one thought by thought, taking your thoughts captive. You have to watch that internal failure dialogue that I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a failure. I'm a loser for me. I'm a loser. I have to, every time, ever since I've started this book, every time I say it, I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not a loser. Usually when those things happen, it's because I'm nervous or I'm uncertain or I'm trying something new. But you have to learn to take risks in spite of that inner bully. You have to talk back to your inner bully. I don't know what it is, but we're so mean to ourselves and we have to stop. You have to say, I love this example. It says, you're such a failure, it will say. Everyone fails sometimes. It's not bad to fail. You have to realize that it's just fear talking. And the goal is not to get rid of the false beliefs that you have about yourself. But it's about to transform the relationships that you have with them. You have to change your mindset. You have to take captive your thoughts. We have to take charge of these inner conversations. Listening to them as much as we might. To tell a child. Oh. Sorry, guys, I was trying to read something and you know that I really genuinely can't read sometimes, but basically you have to take charge of these inner conversations. If a kid told you there's a boogeyman under the bed, you're going to say, no, monsters aren't even real. The same thing is true for the loser voice in your head that's telling you you're a loser, Montana. I'm talking to myself right now. But if you keep on reassuring and re and giving energy to these negative thoughts and these negative views of yourself... You're going to start 
taxing these responsibilities of reassuring, reassuring that you're lovable to your partner. You're going to start bleeding on those who didn't cut you. I don't know. Sometimes I do think that voice in my head, that mean voice is what keeps me going, but it's not true. I need to be nicer to myself. This is the first practice where it talks about getting art supplies with the model clay. So I'm going to read this to you because genuinely I haven't read it out loud because y'all know for sure I did not do this practice last year when it told me to do clay. But now I'm really invested in this so I might have to go get some clay. Let me read the practice to you guys. Take out your art supplies. You may do the following project using either drawing paper or in markers and, mar and markers or modeling clay, which you can shape with your hands. I'd like to invite you to create two figures. The first embodies and represents an Arrhenius belief that has been haunting your life. First of all, guys, sorry, gotta look up what Arrhenius means. Hold on. Draw or shape the actual belief itself. Obviously, this cannot be a literal interpretation of the belief, but simply a representation of what the belief feels like as it attempts to dominate and control your life. When you are finished, I invite you to name your figure. Oh, if this is a belief that I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw a pile of poop emoji. <laughs> the second figure you are invited to create is a representation of your true self. A figure that represents you as a larger and more powerful than the erroneous belief that you just created. Create a figure that is capable of uh, usurping the power that your figure holds. Use this as an opportunity to see yourself as a, having dominion and jurisdiction over the belief. Rather than the other way around. Again, name your figure. Okay, for sure, going to do the queen emoji. <laughs> do these figures without concerning yourself with the artistic, 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 artistic merit of your designs. Use your emotions to craft these two figures, allowing feelings to lead the way. Okay, I am not an artist at all. I literally cannot. I drew a stick person the other day. I have no artistic. Art Why do I keep saying it like that? Artistic abilities. <laughs> I am not a good drawer, but, or colorer, or painter. <laughs> I'm creative in other ways, guys. So I'm going to go to the store and get some clay, or I might do just another vision board. But I am going to do this because I am invested. I love you guys. I mean it. Talk soon.